Falls to Ablett. Oh, Justin Madden's got the set, one hand. Oh, oh, the post is broken, Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Matthew, 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 thank you very much. And g'day, everybody across Australia. And, in fact, the World Wide Web is distributing This Is Your Footy Life and we're just so proud to have a guest on today that will take his place when the history of the game is written right at the very top. I thought I got excited uh, talking to Big Plugger uh, way back uh, on this particular program a few months ago. But uh, on this particular day, I've got a man who will take his place rightfully right at the very, very top. And in the VFL and AFL, folks, thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level. Some play... Some move on. Others have more of an impact. They make a lasting impression that will be indelibly recorded in the history of the game forever. This man played 200 games at the highest level for Collingwood, Brisbane and Port Adelaide between 1991 and 2007. So that narrows it down, doesn't it? 2003 Brownlow medalist. Seven-time All-Australian, six Caring Bush Best and Fairest, Norm Smith Medalist 2002, and here it is, folks. Collingwood Captain for nine years, Collingwood Team of the Century, Hall of Fame, inaugural AFL Rising Star in 93, 1992 McGarry Medalist. We're out of uh, time, folks, and I've got to say thanks on behalf of Tobin Brothers. The show's over. Nathan Buckley, that is part of your football life, and welcome. Hello, Rex. Well, I'm okay. Can I just uh, can I just ask you now? You know, you're just in such a pressure cooker situation as coach of the highest profile team in the competition. When you reflect, do you think, "Gee, I did okay"? Don't spend a lot of time doing that um, as it stands, mate. But um, obviously, as you get on, you um, you clearly have moments to look back and and invariably you're sort of saying how long ago it was because time flies but uh, when you see young blokes come through and you coach them um, you sort of end up going back to situations that you might have found yourself in in their shoes and it's uh, it's a fair reminder of how how far removed coaching is from playing at times and um, but you always take those lessons with you. What a play you were to broadcast and I'm sure our people out there the Hundreds of thousands of people who remembered your skills was just magnificent. Gee, you got some frequent flyer points or frequent car pl- points as a kid. Uh, just like me, your dad was in national service and he went to Vietnam. Uh, I-, I didn't. Uh, and you moved around a lot as a young kid. Tell us about your childhood and your love of footy as a kid in shorts kicking an old footy. Yeah, it was ingrained from a very early age. Um, dad was a footy coach, whether it be at uh, Morningside in, in Queensland or... St Mary's um, or Nycliffe up in Darwin, um, West Gambia down at uh, Mount Gambia for a period, um, and I spent a lot of my um, a lot of my childhood walking around football ovals, Coleraine, Casterton, Portland down in the down in the Hamden League, um, or sort of around up in Queensland or Darwin, and you sort of find your own time, but you've always got a footy in your hand, and um, look, I was it was ingrained in me from a very young age, and. Dad, uh, with his military background, was very keen on drilling 
me as a, as a kid in regards to my skills, and, and I think that um, was important for me at a young age. Do you think he was ever too tough on you? Because now, Always. <laughs> uh, well, now I go to netball, now I go to the footy and junior critic, critic, uh, cricket with grandchildren, that sort of thing, and parents get overzealous and overexcited. Uh, but did he was he tough on you in a way you look back on now and say he prepared me for what was ahead at the highest level? Yeah, he definitely stiffened me up, and there's no doubt that I rebelled against that for a period. I nearly gave up footy. For, for a couple of years there. But um, I suppose with my experiences now as a coach, you, you've, you want to exert um, enough pressure on people or, or expectations on people to allow them to grow and to have them realise sort of what they're capable of. Um, but they're also, there's, you, can go, you can go too far with that and you can definitely go, um, you can not go hard enough. So... Uh, as a parent, he went about it the way that he saw fit, the way that um, the way that he knew, and I was um, lucky that he did because I think um, when I sort of reflect on it, um, the way that Dad parented and the balance that Mum provided was was really important for me to build my values as a as a young man um, and also give me that hunger to succeed as a sports person. Our special guest today on This Is Your Football Life is Nathan Buckley. And it's a great thrill for everybody to have him on air and just reflect on a few things that got him to the job of Collingwood. And now you'll see why he's so prepared for the biggest challenges of his life next year. And we all love challenges, successful people, I can tell you now. Uh, Tell us about the Southern Districts and the Northern Territory. And when I say tell us about how you went, did did you dominate? Uh, Did you do well? And more important, Nathan, Nathan, are you surprised that some of the kids with the silky skills never went any further than that stage and, and you went to the highest level? Yeah, well, Darwin's a long way away um, and it was always very different footy out there and, and a very different lifestyle. So I think the fact that um, yeah, we were southern bred, I was, I was born in Adelaide and sort of, and Dad obviously, you know, grew up um, in Adelaide and so and and with as I said with as we said with his military background he was he didn't have the Northern Territory uh, mindset of um, yeah she'll be right mate it was it was a little bit more driven than that and I think I benefited from the best of both worlds but I played with some really talented players up in Darwin and uh, I think the I went to thirteen schools as a kid so that sort of pressure. Um, challenges you and, and it hardens you in some sense. Um, there's there's clear um, clear opportunities from it, clear challenges as well. But playing footy up there was, was great. Um, it teaches you a bit of flair. Oh, there's no doubt that if you could tap the ball three or four times before picking it up, that was nearly a, a badge of honour. Um, you If you could if you could screw one around the corner from the boundary, well, then that was that was sort of celebrated more than you know than a tackle, for instance. You know, the, the 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 ideal and the culture around Darwin footy was was all about flair and showing us what you got. So I think that was an important part of um, playing as a junior up there, and I, I definitely think it gave me a little bit of a different um, sort of edge to me, I suppose, or a different gear when I came to AFL footy. The late 80s and early 90s, and by the way, we're talking to Nathan Buckley today, folks, and it's a, it's a great thrill for us all. Um, when when you're coaching Collingwood and you see an 18 or a 19-year-old, are they more advanced in, say, 
people skills and and having known what the system's about than when when you and I played the game and and when you're 18 back then you're a kid but 18 at the highest level of the AFL you have to be a man or you're not going to make it yeah it's a it's a really interesting question I think the the facade of some of the kids is more advanced um, I think they've they're probably better trained at um, presenting or um, or the front that they give you, or you know, put maybe pushing down some of the some of the challenges that they face, sort of internally or or in their mind or in their hearts. I think they're probably good at hide, better at hiding that than than kids of another generation may have been, and that provides a pretty big challenge because you need to get to know these kids. Then they haven't all got it sorted, even though they give the impression that they have. Um, and some of the education that they might have gained is is you know sometimes is only just superficial. And they tell you what you want to hear some of the time, but I, probably um, not as um, fundamental. The learning and the maturity is not as fundamental as I reckon it would have been a generation ago or back three or four generations. Um, so when you come into a high-pressure environment like this, that is the thing that is tested. It's the, it's, it really is the internal nature, your integrity, um, what makes you up. So when young kids come into a football club, especially a club with as much focus as Collingwood, you know, we spend as much time trying to build an understanding of who they are, what, what makes them tick, and, and tapping into that as much as we possibly can. Amazing. Really great stuff, and what a great foundation. But the sad and the gruesome thing about it all is just not everyone makes it, and that's what makes, yeah. uh, makes it so special playing at the highest level. Um, when were you aware or mum and dad aware of interest from league clubs? At what stage uh, of your career were you as a junior? Yeah, it happened really late for me, Rex. I um, I was very fortunate. Now, dad had played for Woodville um, in South Australia around the time that I was born. It's a serious played competition, with... the Sandville back then, Nathan. Yeah, he played with uh, Malcolm Blight, Ray yeah. Huppets. Um, you know, had some, some absolute champions of SA footy that he, that he played alongside. And had a pretty strong affiliation with Woodville, but when my time came out of school in uh, at I finished school in '89, and in 1990 moved to Adelaide to live with with my nan, uh, dad's mum, and play SNFL footy. I played under 19s initially, but dad made the call not to send me to uh, Woodville, but um, put the request into Port Adelaide because he just respected that club and thought that they would be able to get the best out of me as a, as a footballer and as a person. And not for the uh, first or last time he had, he pulled the right rein because there's no doubt that my, um, my upbringing in footy um, first in the under 19s in, in 1990 and then the reserves, the 19s and reserves in 91 and then seniors in 92 were, was pivotal in, in my um, development. I, I wasn't, a chance of playing AFL when I walked into that club, and by the time I walked out of it, um, mm. I was, you know, I was pretty well seen as one of the better players or better prospects outside of the AFL, yes. and I was very fortunate to have that experience. This series has been going for three years, folks. It's this is your football life. It was spawned during an afternoon when there wasn't a lot to talk about, and I, I interviewed uh, Shane Crawford. Uh, on AFL Live across Australia, and it's uh, blossomed from there. And Tobin Brothers, and it's a bit morbid, Nathan. I can get you 20% on your prepaid funeral, but I won't be around to organise it. But uh, they believe in saying it now and celebrating lives before you're in the box, and I reckon it's absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, it was a 
a real dog's breakfast of how you got to Brisbane and then you got back to Collingwood. Um, just just tell us a little bit about, so, so a lot of people can understand uh, that you really didn't want to go north, but you did have to go there to get where you eventually wanted to get, and I believe that was to Melbourne, where the big guns were firing in the uh, in the AFL. Yeah, I'm not sure if I know all the ins and outs of what happened around that time. Um, even though I was 20, when uh, at the end of '92 I, I I was 20 and I turned 21 in my first senior, my um, first exposure to AFL footy up at Brisbane. Um, there was some machinations going on around the place that um, that I wasn't altogether privy to. I just wanted to play footy um, and to, to play with Brisbane in that season and more importantly to play under a guy like Robert Walsh who I learnt so much from um, was a blessing in disguise. It was um, it was off the off the beaten track a bit. You know, the, the pressure of coming to Collingwood, which would eventuate, was inevitable. But um, you are hidden away a little bit up in Brisbane and I... I I dare say, or I definitely got a, a perspective of how big footy is in 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 south in the south and the southern part of Australia. Given that um, at one stage up in Brisbane, early days, I, I saw the footy show and the the, um, the TV um, guide, and turned on the TV to sit down and watch the footy show, and it was rugby. So <laughs> I had a real a real understanding quickly that um, oh. footy wasn't all it had. All I thought it was, and um, there was other things going on in the world. Things have certainly changed now with the recent signing of a radio agreement. The Seas Radio going every nook and cranny, the world, mm. the same as television. And it's great because what I think it do, it'll inspire young kids to play the game in a true national competition. Folks, we're going to take a break, and Nathan Buckley has been good enough to join us for Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. And out of the break, relays join us as we head to Collingwood and the real big guns start firing at the carrying bush. I'm Rex Hunt, and this is your football life, Nathan Buckley. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Oh, Matthew, fascinating, isn't it? You know, uh, uh, the common denominator in all of our stars is hard work, and the harder they work, they work the luckier they get, and also that there was better kids in their day, but they didn't go on with it. Why did people like Nathan Buckley go on? Well, if you don't know the answer, you'll always be a loser. So, Nathan, uh, thank you again for your time. Uh, the signing with the Brisbane Bears allowed you to go to the club of your choice after that particular year. But that didn't stop you because you won the inaugural AFL Rising Star. Uh, you were certainly on a mission, uh, and it wasn't going to be with Brisbane. Yeah, look, I just I just love footy. I I'd um, had a whirlwind um, rise, I suppose, in the in the last eighteen months at Port Adelaide, and you know went from playing under 19s five games, five or six games of reserves, and then and then thirty odd games of senior footy, and then to play the twenty with Brisbane in '93 was was just huge, and um, eventually the eventually the head to Collingwood and to play in the MCG in, in front of um, yeah, ninety ninety thousand pretty consistently mm. was um, a dream come true, and it, it, it happened really quickly. And um, you know, it took me a while to catch up. You're just winging it there for a little while, just putting head down, bum up, and, and um, <laughs> sort of trying to trying to stay still in the eye of the storm as much as you could. And I walked into a club that had Lee Matthews as a senior coach and a lot of senior players that had played in the premiership in nineteen ninety. Wow. 
probably uh, a little too, a little bit too, or definitely a little bit too brash for my own good. But um, you know, I suppose I only I did it the only way that I knew at that point, which was you know full on. Well, if you can't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? And that's what I say. And most of the people I say it to uh, sit back and say, Mayor of Hiroshima, what was that? Um, <laughs> the deal, we can trace it back to the Fox footy with your good mate Chris Scott. Turned out uh, <clears throat> one of the pick uh, pick 12s was Chrissy Scott with a couple of other mm. players to get you there. So you have a bit of history, you and Scotty. Yeah, that was... Um, I mean, it worked all right for, for Brisbane, clearly. Um and I think it was Troy Lehman and, and Craig Starsevich that went up as well as pick 12, which was Chris Scott. So it, And um, Alistair Lynch went up uh, the next year with potential space in the cap that was that was cleared up. And yeah, So it worked all right for Brisbane, and they obviously went on um, you know, 10 years later to, to have that really good run. But yeah. um, coming to Collingwood, yeah, it was well um, documented and... To have a couple of their their close teammates have to go the other way was a you know was a challenge that um, that clearly that I had to face with um, coming into a coming into a new organisation. So yeah. as I said, all of that I didn't really I wasn't really as um, conscious of that as I would as I understand now, sort of looking back that the impact that would have had. But I just wanted to play footy and and um, I wanted to be the best I could be and and I think over time. Uh, my teammates uh, understood that that's what I was all about, um, and I definitely grew as a person in my time at Collingwood, which I was very fortunate to be exposed to. Spoke to Michael Malthouse earlier this year. Spoke in glowing terms of you as a player and uh, as 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 a, an understudy coach under him. Um, he came, and in 2001, 2002, it's a bit like when Tommy went there in 76, 77. You mightn't have been the best side, uh, but my goodness me, you played as if there was no tomorrow. It must have been just an exciting thing, but but a, a bitter, not a bittersweet thing that you played Brisbane and you might have been there, but you made the decision and you were quite happy about it. Yeah, bar, um, bar two games um, in my career, 02 Granny and 03 Granny, it, it, um, it probably was um, an inspired decision. Yeah. Um, you know, what ifs? What ifs are ever present? Um, but there's no doubt we went as a club between 1994, my first year at the club. We played. Um, uh, we finished eighth in the first the first year of the the final eight, and went across to Perth and played West Coast, who had finished one, and Nick um, was coaching uh, West Coast at the time. We lost that game by, <clears throat> excuse me, by two points. Um, and after that. The next final that Collingwood played in was the 2002 qualifying final against Port Adelaide over in at Amy Park. So, eight years in the wilderness, and and in that time, Shorey had come on. Uh, Lee Matthews had left. Tony Shaw was coached there for a period, and then Nick had come across in 2000. And you're right, the group that we had together wasn't the most talented, but we we drew together. We had really strong player leadership. We were well led and coached by Mick, and we made a couple of grand finals when there were far more talented sides in the competition, uh, we nearly we nearly uh, snuck one in in 02, losing yeah. by nine points to Brisbane and, and got smacked in the 03. Um, Granny, after beating Brisbane in the qualifying final sort of three weeks earlier. So it was almost, but not quite, um, but definitely a lot of pride around the ability of that group to get the best out of itself. Gave um, them one hell of a shock, Nathan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well... 
as I said, you get to turn those results around. And That's it. Oh, unfortunately, never the player uh, to um, achieve the the mantle of um, a premiership player. Just highlights AFL, how hard they are to get. Level. Yeah, exactly. It was. Um, you worked with me for a year on 3AW, and I just loved it. Um, you just you know, fitted in with Wolsey. It was just great. The 2007 preliminary final, uh, before you did retire, I can remember the late and great, and I say that not lightly, Clinton Gribus, who was just my rock at 3AW, mm. describing you on the bench after the final siren. It's as if the world had caved in on you. And I just said, Clinton, that just shows what a champion he is because uh, losing hurts a lot more than winning. What do you think about that? Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting and difficult period when you when your body goes a little bit, but your mind and your heart are still willing. And, and every player goes through it in some shape or form. Um, but I, when uh, when that game had ended, I thought that it was the last game, but I tried to talk myself out of it about a hundred times over the next uh, three or four weeks. We all have. Uh, yeah, well, I'd actually retired to the playing group. I'd actually said, look, I'd, I um, six or seven weeks before I said, look, I've I don't think I'm going to get up. I'm going to give myself every chance. I've just done the hammy again for the fourth or fifth time. and mm. So I'm not sure if I'm going to get up, um, but this will see me out for the year. There might be a little bit of speculation around, but I wanted you guys to know first. But I'm, I will be doing everything I possibly can to get back for the final series, and but I'm not sure how I'm going to go. Invariably, I, got, I, I did get back up. I played the last two home and away and played the last, you know, played three finals games, and we went down by that five points. But... Mm. Um, I was sitting on the pine and I did have my head in my hands lying back and just thinking, well, this this is uh, probably going to be it. But it, it happens to everyone. And, it does. And as I've found out, since there is um, life after playing, it just takes a little bit of time to get out of the muck. And it's a bit corny too. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily important to be the best. It's important to do your best and you've given everything. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Uh, I'm not even going to ask about Collingwood and what are they going to do because that's speculation. We've heard today that the foundation and background of the Collingwood coach is impeccable and it won't be anything left in your particular bag that will uh, let Collingwood down. I've just uh, 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 adored your career through 3RW and now AFL Live with the coaching and that sort of thing and you're just a a dream as a commentator. And I thank you for the honour when I did approach you because a couple of people have thought that I might be taking the mickey out of you. But what I want you to do, Nathan Buckley, is stand proud from that little boy who travelled all over Australia to the superstar who has not finished yet. And I thank you for your time today. Thanks, Rex. Really appreciate it. Nathan Buckley, when the history of the game is written, he'll be right up the top. If you'd like to hear extended versions of this interview, check on facebook.com Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Footy Life. And this has been This Is Your Football Life. Thanks to Nathan Buckley and Tobin Brothers celebrating lives.